This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. The latest news and talk. Hot, fresh and delivered when you want it. Power 98.7. Now we're talking. And do remember, Power Family, that you are more than welcome to take part in the conversation, 0861-987-000. You can also send us an X at PowerFM987 at Sekhomoachi underscore. Our WhatsApp line is 0833037093. Let's go into this conversation with Unati. Good afternoon, Unati. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much, ma'am. Good afternoon to you and the listeners. So let us just speak then with the issue of hundreds of learners, if not thousands, we'll stick to maybe a hundreds of learners in the Eastern Cape who are left stranded with no scholar transport since schools opened this year. You know, Unati, I feel like this is a conversation that we hear about or that we speak about every year or every other month within the Eastern Cape. What is the situation? What's happening with the scholar transport? A lot has improved today in relation to to the report that you are referring to. I personally got a phone call from one of the journalists that are based in that area, in the Sarabatman district, saying indeed that the, work, the learners have received transport um, today. Uh, the delays in the previous month have been down to us contracting, or, or rather starting a new contract with scholar transport operators because the three-year contract that we had with them came to an end. It came to an end closer to the end of the year, and uh, we decided to extend it because we didn't want to encounter these problems at the time when the learners are sitting for their final examinations. So when then, Unati, I'm, I'm, I want to ask the question, but just quickly want to go to news headlines. Um, I've, I've noted it down. If you can just hang 10 for us, Unati Bingwasa is on the line. He is from the Department of Transport within the Eastern Cape. He's the spokesperson there. And we're speaking about the Eastern Cape learners left stranded as scholar transport fails in that province once again. But we'll find out from him what is being done and how, how can it be prevented that learners find themselves in this situation. It's time for news headlines. Ntlatla Suhume is standing by. Weekdays, 12 to 3 p.m. This is Power Lunch on Power 98.7. We are in conversation with Unati Bingose, who is the spokesperson for the Department of Transport in the Eastern Cape. Unati, you were telling us um, just before the news that um, the contract... Uh, with the scholar transport people was finalized um, or it came to an end towards the end of the year last year. When then was it finalized for them to continue or for a new service provider to come on board to transport these children? It was finalized in November and through the month of December going into the first two weeks of January, we were busy with the contracting of uh, those operators who had won the tender uh, to take up the duty of ferrying learners. However, that process uh, has taken longer than we had anticipated due to some challenges. Some include operators who had won the tender who are now deceased, some who have lost their vehicles um, during the festive season, and some who just um, are not keen to take up the new routes. So we, in those cases, we have to find uh, substitutional operators uh, to be able to, to, to continue carrying learners. 
And so when these challenges then arise, how quickly are you able to resolve them so that we don't see these learners? I mean, we saw them already, you know, trying to cross river streams and so forth to be able to get to school. But how quickly do you try and resolve these issues, these challenges that you find yourself in that you've just mentioned um, so that learners are not left stranded? We have had a team. In fact, we continue to have them because in as much as we have made some inroads in the Nelson Mandela Bay Metro and Sarah Bartman, um, where these news reports were coming from, there are still some other areas that still need attention. We are attending to them as they come. We've got a team of officials that have, have been working even on weekends uh, to contract operators. Uh, so we are working. We are dealing with them as they come and each day that passes allows us time to make some inroads. And we believe that if we do not get it done within the next 48 hours, meaning before the end of this week, uh, we are we remain hopeful that uh, by early next week uh, we would have laid this thing to rest. So, you know, you mentioned the challenges that you faced, right? So that learners were left stranded and they didn't have scholar transport. But this is something, as you mentioned yourself, that you knew about before schools opened. So why is it that it was, you could not fix these situations before schools opened? We had a choice of going ahead with this um, conducting of learners very late last year uh, at the risk of learners being being not ferried and um, missing on the final examinations. But on our risk assessment, we felt it would be better if we get this process uh, during the December holidays so that by the time schools reopened, if we are not complete with it, we would have made some, some serious inroads. And the last time I checked yesterday, we were at 60% in terms of addressing uh, this problem. Uh, 60% is still, meaning that there's still 40% that we need to deal with, which is a long way to go. Uh, but mm-hmm. I'm encouraged by the reports that I'm getting out of Sarah Bartman uh, with the journalist calling me that learners from um, Kekha Primary School are now being ferried. That is a, as a result of the work that is being done by our officials and each day allows us to continue to make those inroads. That's why we are saying we are confident that, that by next week this matter would have been laid to rest. Did I hear you correctly, Unati, when you say that you had the choice to finalize some of these contracts already by last year? You heard me correct, ma'am. We, we had a chance of uh, finalizing uh, these contracts by very, very late last year. However, we know that with these contracts, there, are all, there will always be challenges because we will have operators who will be given roads that they not necessarily agree with. And uh, as a way of protest, some may decide to down tools is, is the case now. Uh, we felt the risk will be greater at the time when uh, learners are sitting for their final examinations and we decided to do it during the December holidays. However, it has taken longer and has built over now uh, to the new school year. Why did you not do this even before late last year? Why couldn't it not be done mid-year so that you secure that these you are secured and you know for a fact that these learners will be able to get to school as schools open? Why do you wait for so long? I mean, it's it's a disadvantage to these learners, and quite frankly, it's unfair on them. On our risk assessment, we felt it would be a greater risk 
if they do not get to sit for, for the final exams, it will have um, rippling implications that will affect uh, the, the entire education system in the province. That is why we felt going for, for the contracting during the December holidays mm-hmm. will be best. But unfortunately, like I said, uh, some of the operators have uh, are deceased, some have lost their vehicles and many other problems. And of course, I can't keep pointing fingers at these issues alone. Of course, there were some internal problems um, of our own uh, where we would project that in one school we are likely to have more numbers of learners that require scholar transport, but it turns out that is not the case because some of those learners may have migrated to other districts within the province or even other provinces, leaving us with shorter numbers in a particular school where we had, pro- we had projected that we will need more and then more numbers will emerge elsewhere. So we need to shift our resources uh, to where they are needed the most. So those are some of the things that we're dealing with. And it's, um, it's something that we are accustomed to, uh, that in January we always encounter problems in scholar transport because of the movement of learners. Um, so it has been further exacerbated by these contractual problems that we have now with operators. You see, it's interesting when you say that it's something that you're accustomed to. You should know by now that it's going to happen, that you're going to have this challenge. And that is why I'm asking why things could not be finalized a bit sooner so that at the beginning of the year, you don't have the situation once again. If you say yourself that you are very aware that it's going to happen, yet as a department, you still allow it to happen and then you're going to fix. Why can't you be proactive to allow that learners are able to get to school for the first day in a scholar transport? It's because of factors that are outside our control. Uh, the movement of, of learners um, with their parents migrating to other districts and other provinces is something that we really can't control. And scholar transport is informed by what is happening in the education system. And we know that in the province of the Eastern Cape, maybe in other provinces as well, uh, by this time you still have learned, parents who are looking for, for placement for their children, and some of those children will require scholar transport. So until uh, the school system is settled, uh, then the scholar transport system can be settled. But it is worth noting that the majority of learners in the province um, that require scholar transport are getting it. Uh, it's just um, this percentage that we're dealing with um, that is giving us problems. But uh, we are very, very settled um, in most areas. So what is the plan now going forward to get the ducks in a row to make sure that next year we don't have this conversation again? It's unfortunate, man. Um, I can tell you, next year, maybe not to this scale because they, they won't be the issue of contracting, but the movement of learners from one school to the other, others migrating, will always have an impact on, on, scholar tra- on the scholar transport service. Until schools are settled and they know the, the children that they have, they are not accepting any new children anymore, then we'll have scholar transport working optimally under those circumstances. Uh, but we are trying to minimize the, 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 the damage. And uh, the, primary, uh, the primary reason for these, concerns, for these problems this year has been that it uh, ran concurrently with the contracting of operators. Now the contracts that they are getting are for three years. So for the next three years, uh, we'll have a bit of stability. So we need to plan better for when the contract comes to an end. And whether we contract mid-year or 
we'll do it at the end of the year again like we did this year. But we'll have to find uh, better ways of dealing with it because we've drawn some lessons uh, from the mistakes that were made this year. I mean, I think mid-year would work best. But let me just then ask this issue of the routes that some of the um, operators say that they don't want to, you know, be using the particular routes. Could it also be an issue with taxi associations? Are there fights there? Not necessarily. It's um, just that maybe some operators may prefer to have uh, their vehicles operating in schools that are closer to to main roads um, and and not go to areas where there are gravel roads in some instances. Mm. Um, and in some instances, it will be the issue of numbers. Maybe one has got um, a 15-seater and the learners that requires scholar transport maybe more than that and one would have to take more than one trip to ferry the learners. Uh, those are some are just some of the of the issues, but they've got nothing to do with uh, any taxi violence in the province. All right. Unati, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. Appreciate it. You've been listening to a Power ninety eight point seven podcast. For more podcasts, visit power nine eight seven dot or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.